Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. A warmer from the low, welcome to Lovey Las Vegas for Coast to Coast Hoops with myself, Greg Hoops Peterson, now a part of the Beeson Family and Podcast, and we've got a tremendous podcast for you. As in segment number two, we're going to be talking to Brian Butch, who does amazing work both at the Big Ten Network and along with that, he also does some work with the radio station The Game that is out in the great state of Wisconsin, does a show called 9 to Noon. I'm pretty sure you can guess when that airs Central Time, but he's going to be on the call of the Lehigh versus Wisconsin game tonight. We're going to get his thoughts there. We're going to take a look at the landscape of the Big Ten, and he, much like myself, from the Fox Cities area in the great state of Wisconsin. So we're going to talk a little bit about the Marquette Golden Eagles, what's been going well for them this season. It's going to be a great time. Brian, one of the best minds here you're going to find covering college basketball. So looking forward to that in segment number two. In the final segment, going to give you guys picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this college basketball Thursday as we hit some bank shots. If you have a question, comment, segment idea, what I have you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways we offer those in. First one is my Twitter timeline at GNN underscore 81. Keep in mind, letters M. They mean does not matter. As per usual, please send these into the timeline. And the other way, that is find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. And then from there, you're able to fire whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast by that five-star review. Did not get in any Twitter questions today, but we saw some outstanding basketball on Wednesday. So let's take a look back at it. Try to find some trends and try to get to know these seems a little bit better. A games from yesterday is Greg buzzing about here. Here's the Rowdy Recap. We'll clean up a few games from Tuesday as well. Win but no cover for Utah. 91-70 to 70 as they continue to be one of the more impressive teams in my opinion in all of college basketball. Meet me for the Roadrunners who got the cover thanks to going 7-18 of 18 from 3 power inches. They've been a little bit better as you had Jaffet Metter be able to pour in their 23 points and then for Utah it was just all about the Brandon Carlson show. 27 points, 4 blocks, 9 rebounds, buried a 3, went 10-14 of 14 from the floor. Marco Anthony a double-double. They have been a lot of fun to take a look at. Unfortunately, the DKNH pick of the under in Memphis versus Alabama. It honestly looked good in the first half, in my defense. And then both teams scored 55 points in the second half. Memphis lost, but got a very gritty cover in this one, 91-88. One that I felt it, Memphis feel, felt like the right side all throughout. Alabama went 10-27 from three with Brandon Miller, a nice display. 24 points, 5 assists, 8 rebounds. And for Memphis, they covered this game despite going just 1-12 of 12 from three-point range. That's because they won their turnover battle by kind of 19-10 as Kendrick Davis 30 points, 5 assists. He was very, very impressive in this one. 
Boise State, even without some of their cogs, they were able to take down New Orleans by a count of 91 to 50. Marcus Shaver was out of the full, but team went 10 of 24 from three-point range in New Orleans. Just a team that you're able to bet the over with, but have been a sad display in college bats the last few years. And Arizona, they took down Texas A&M Corpus Christi by a count of 99 to 61. Another sizzler for Arizona in this one as they went 15 of 27 from three-point range with Azul Sabellas chipping in their 20 points, 13 rebounds. Off the vent, off the bench, you got 16 points as well out of Henry Vassar and. Well, that was just complete domination. Then you saw Cal Poly leading throughout much of the game against Washington before Washington was finally able to get their act together towards the back half of the game. Washington, they get it done, but no cover by kind of 74 to 68. As it's all about Keon Brooks bailing out Washington in this game. 30 points as Washington actually lost the rebound battle by kind of 35 to 30. As Cal Poly had 16 offensive rebounds for this game. Alamami Karama had 10.7 rebounds. I like his overall game. And for Cal Poly, they went 8 of 22 from three par range, while Washington went 6 of 18 from distance. And Cal Poly only 10 turnovers to Washington's 8. So that's what we saw from the back half on Tuesday. I'll have to polish up some of the Wednesday games as well on the show tomorrow, just because of the Greg Peterson experience. That airs from midnight Pacific to 3 Eastern time. And as I do this, Louisville, a very rare lead. They are currently leading Western Kentucky. This is probably going to change by the time you hear this by a count of 28 to 24 as Western Kentucky actually got up very early in this game, but it's been all about L. Ellis, who's got 13 points in the first 14 minutes of this game, and that's probably how Louisville's going to need to win a lot of these games, so we shall see what happens there. If you had the under in Louisiana Tech versus Stone Cold Stephen F. Austin, that's a prayer to you there, as it was Stone Cold Stephen F. Austin who got the road win by a count of 80-79, to and a side that I felt like was really the right one in this game as the game came to a very screeching halt in this one. It was tied at like 65-65 to for an eon, and then for Stephen F. Austin, they were able to persevere because they went 14 of 32 from three par inch with Latrell Jostle going 5 11 from the outside. You know, said off the bench, 34 points for Stephen F. Austin off of just two players, AJ Custine along with Kyle Heyman. They combined for 34 points off the bench. Meanwhile, for Louisiana Tech, they go 4 of 20 from three point range and they lose despite the fact that Stephen F. Austin lost the turnover battle by a count of 28 to 17. Sets in close but no cigar in their upset bit of College of Charleston. 65-60. to 60. Charleston able to escape in this one as Charleston. They did a solid job winning the offensive rebound battle by a count of 13-6, to 6, but for Setson, they did a good job being able to get this game at their tempo as for Setson, they turned the ball over 12 times, but they were able to have some okay shooting in this one. 8 of 19 from 3 point range. Charleston, meanwhile, they went 10 of 32 from distance. Charleston could not get out, make this game super duper up tempo. That kept Setson very alive and kicking in this one. You also did see Akron get a nice winning cover over Wright State. Wright State, not the right side as they lose by kind of 66 to 54 as for Akron. They once again got their tempo in this game as Xavier Castaneda, 19 points, 6 boards, goes 2 of 6 from 3, and Enrique Freeman down low, 15 boards. So he was able to do a nice job on that one. VCU, another non-cover for them. If you're looking at teams that, well, they have been not making you money this year, VCU is towards the top of the list, 70-62. to 62. And this is a Radford team that legitimately has been a good cover team all season long. As a matter of fact, for Radford, they were leading with about 11 minutes remaining in this game. So a 
had you not gotten there with, in a lot of places, about 10 points. Some places a little bit more, some places a little bit less. That would have been a little bit grody as for VCU, it doomed them in this game. The fact that they had 25 turnovers, Redford had 17 of their own, but hard to cover a game in which you're laying 10 when you turn the ball over 25 times. So VCU was able to go 23 of 31 at the free throw line to be able to put forth a nice effort. Coastal Carolina, they have Antonio Day Jr. back at full. Not sure why this team came in against them despite that as Coastal Carolina pretty much led this game throughout. It gets hairy, but they win outright by kind of 87-86 to 86 and a completed utter sizzler. Both teams went to the free throw line a lot. South Dakota 18-22 of 22 at the charity strike. Coastal Carolina 22-24 of 24 at the free throw line. For day, he comes back and he has just four assists and two points in this one. It was the Issa Mustafa show for this. Coastal Carolina bunch, 25 points, 11 rebounds. As for Coastal Carolina, they win the rebound battle by count 32-31 to 31 and South Dakota did have every one of their starters in double figures, including A.J. Pleasewit. Go 5-6 from 3 at South Dakota. They went 16-33 of 33 from 3-point range, yet still lost this game. That's a little bit of an issue for them. Long Island just continues to be pretty much a dead side right now. Albany takes them down 76-59 of 59 as Long Island in this game. 18 turnovers. Albany did have 19 of their own, but for Albany, they go 20-25 of 25 at the free throw line. And Long Island... 10 of 21 at the free throw line. That determined the cover. Drexel, it was a not-so-great display from them as they started out this game with a whopping 17 points in the first 28 minutes, and they very nearly covered this game. They were actually down, I believe it was like 11 points with three minutes remaining before Seton Hall was able to go on a mini-run to get the cover, 66-49 to 49 as Drexel. She's 27% from the floor. Seton Hall, meanwhile, they were able to do a solid job getting the free throw line 15-19 and 19 at the charity stripe, and Seton Hall's been playing ugly games. They lose their turnover battle 15-14, and they did a solid job on glass, winning that by kind of 44 to 37, but if Drexel buries any shots, they are able to get within the number on that one. If you had UAB laying 16, I feel for you here. UAB up 21 points with about 90 seconds remaining, and then South Carolina played defense for the final 90 seconds and got a late three from Michi Johnson to be able to cut the cover by kind of 84 to 70. And we've been seeing a lot of these this season. KJ Buffin, 25 points, eight rebounds. Very solid work for UAB. And then for South Carolina, Gigi Jackson, 20 points, pair of blocks. He did turn the ball over five times, but Michi Johnson with his late three and he had seven assists to one turnover in this game to be able to get that cover, though. UAB, obviously, a very solid win. This was very solid. Florida just completely dump-trucked Ohio. 82-48. For Ohio, they got completely pounded on the glass, losing that battle 39-26. Colin Castleton, he had just eight of those rebounds as it was the Alex Fudge show. 13 points, 10 rebounds. He puts up a double-double. And for Florida, they were able to get off the bench a 4-7 of three-point shooting performance out of Kowasi, hopefully I'm saying that correctly, Reeves as he was able to throw in their 20 points as for Florida, just great effort. Meanwhile, for Ohio, they went 16 of 51 from the floor. Just a defensive clinic from Florida in that one. Central Florida with perhaps one of the most dominating starts that you're ever going to find. They were up 21-0 on Ole Miss, and Ole Miss actually made this a game. It was a four-point affair with about 10 minutes remaining, but Central Florida goes on the road. They get the win by kind of 72-61. to For Ole Miss, they were just doomed in by early turnovers. Ole Miss loses the turnover battle by a count of 15-11, to and C.J. Kelly really had things going on 
for Central Florida. 20 points, 8 rebounds. He goes 3 of 4 from 3. And then Taylor Hendricks, 17 points, 7 rebounds, 3 blocks. He looked very good for the Central Florida team. So that was a very nice showing. Another Jackson State cover. They lose to Mississippi State, but they stay well within the number. This by a count of 69 to 59. So for Jackson State, they were able to win outright against SMU. They were able to play within 10 against Michigan. They got a little bit blasted by Indiana, but this team has been able to play some solid basketball recently as you just saw Mississippi State have their biggest woe come back to bite them. And it's the fact that this is not necessarily a great three-point shooting team. Eight of 26 from distance. Eric Reed Jr. was able to give you 13 points. And Tolu Smith, 13 points, five boards, a trio of assists. But for Jackson State, they go 7 of 18 from three-point range thanks to a 7 of 11 three-point shooting performance from Colty Young. He was white hot in this game, and Jackson State 20 turnovers in this game, but they forced Mississippi State into 16 of their own. As I am doing this, we're approaching the end of the first half of UCLA versus Maryland, and UCLA is right now up 43-17 to as I record this. Needless to say, what is right now in doubt is the total, as Maryland has gotten just completely pooped on in this game, and for Maryland... They don't have a single guy with more than four points as I record this. Meanwhile, for UCLA, the duo of Jaime Aquez and Jalen Clark, they combined 26 points and seven steals in the first half as Maryland, 12 turnovers to UCLA's one, and it's now 47-17. This is just complete and utter domination. A Maryland team that has gone off to a nice start to begin the season, all of a sudden looking very, very wobbly on offense. They're in danger of not being able to get to 60 points for the third straight game, and the defense it's right now really letting them down. So, not a great sign there. Appalachian State looking like a pesky team. They don't get the win, but they get a cover against Wake Forest as Wake Forest barely claws this one out. 67-66 to 66 as for Appalachian State, they shoot 52.5% from the floor, 29-55 to 55 overall as you're able to have C.J. Hundley down low pulling their 10 rebounds. It was 18 points out of Christopher Mantis, who has been averaging 7 points per contest. That really kept this team live, but for Wake Forest, they pull it out in the end thanks to Austin Carr delivering 20 points, 5 rebounds, and going 3 of 5 from 3 as Wake Forest. 7 of 17 from 3-point range to be able to get that outright win, though they don't get the cover, and it's been one of your best cover teams in all of college basketball. Now 7-1 and one against the spread, and this is another Moneyline winner. Queens NC. They take down East. Tennessee State by a count of 78 to 75. And for Queens NC, they actually did this without Gavin Reigns, their top rebounder, as with Reigns out of the fold, Jaden Turner took over the Reigns down low. 10 rebounds, 6 assists for him, Queens NC. They got 13 of 36 from 3. East Tennessee State, they got 10 of 24. But for East Tennessee State, they lost the battle on glass. 42 to 31, big difference maker. Queens NC, now 9 and 2 straight up. They continue to be a big, giant money maker for you right now. As I mean, I'm bringing up some of these teams that have been fades. VCU with their non-cover on Wednesday, they fall to 1-9-1 and against the spread. So that's not great. And Northern Kentucky, they have been a team that has not been able to make you any money either. Eastern Kentucky, they were about a 7-point underdog on the close. They are able to cover 64-61 to as Northern Kentucky, now in terms of against the spread record, 2-8. That's not too terrific as for Northern Kentucky. They just weren't able to hit shots in this game as they went 8 of 24 from three-point range. Meanwhile, Eastern Kentucky, they go 8 of 16 from distance at a game that really did get slowed down. Northern Kentucky really got their style. Xavier Rhodes, he was able to bail out this 
Northern Kentucky team. He was able to put up 19 points. And for Eastern Kentucky, 23 points out of Devontae Blanton. He was able to get them to the window, by the way. For Akron, their cover against Wright State. That puts them to 2-7 and seven against the spread thus far this season. So those are some of the teams that have been hot and cold. And if you're taking a look at the game of college basketball and what we've all gotten this season in terms of trends, Home underdogs, they continue to be very profitable. 228, 186, and 7 against the spread. That's a little bit over 55%. And home teams as a whole, 846, 797, and 26 against the spread. That is a 51.5% hit rate. And you're looking at overs and unders. We've seen about 51% of games go under. 841 unders, 812 overs, and about 20 or so pushes thrown in there as well. And if you're looking at the last seven days in college basketball, we have been noticing more overs. 128 overs to 120 unders with a few games from Wednesday pending. And the home underdogs, they've been a little bit more bare here in the last seven days. 33, 33, and one against the spread. So a 50-50 split. That's what we're seeing in college basketball right now. And that's what we got on late Tuesday slash Wednesday. Now coming up next, let's take a look at some Big Ten basketball along with Marquette and get a preview of Lehigh versus Wisconsin with Brian Butch of the Big Ten Network. That's up next right here on Cuts Cuts Hoops with myself, Greg Hoops Peters, and now a part of the Family Podcast. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. we got a great episode coming up, picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all, but here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, they're like, you know, who's ready to catch Creighton, you know, watch Creighton. And I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shane and the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not, never the, not, gonna, the, not the Big East tournament? Well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But, like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team. That could, like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was – Creighton is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, I don't not, have him doing that. that. Like, that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a, is a good team? Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> and then they're never at any of the never, Yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys and they lose out to, like, you know, Lil Dirk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Dirk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me? You've seen the whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City 
featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does sleeping hot keep you up at night? Meet the Lisa Chill Collection. These cooling mattresses work like magic with a cool-to-the-touch cover, zoned springs, and comfy foam layers. Say goodbye to restless nights and wake up refreshed. Lisa's Chill Mattresses beat the heat with ultra-cool covers that whisk away heat, so you always sleep just right. These hybrids blend up to 1,032 breathable springs and plush foams for the ultimate cooling and comfort. And the Chill Collection doesn't just feel great, it looks great too. With thoughtful design and pillowy quilt tops. No matter your budget, Lisa has a Chill Mattress for you. For a limited time, save up to $460 on Chill Mattresses and get two free pillows iHeart listeners can save an extra $50 off by visiting lisa.com forward slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com forward slash iHeart. With Lisa, your purchase has purpose. Every year, Lisa donates thousands of mattresses to those in need. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Are you ready to become a winning sports better? Schedule a call with SBIA to find out how their service can make you a long-term winning player. They've developed an innovative algorithm that maximizes units return, and they are so confident in their system that they offer a money-back guarantee. Sign up by October 31st and get their NBA package at no cost until they reach 10 net units. They treat sports betting like a business. So if you want to learn how to make your sports betting dreams a reality, visit them at SBIA1.com and check them out on social media at SBIA Sports. Back to love you, Las Vegas. For Gus Kessie, with myself, Greg Spears, and now part of the Beeson Family Podcast. Always great to be joined by this man, as we've got the polar bear himself, Brian Butcherboard, a man that grew up very, very close to where I grew up, a former standout in the great city of Appleton, Wisconsin, had a nice career with the Wisconsin Badgers. Now you're able to catch him on the Big Ten Network along with Fox Sports. And then for those of you guys out there in the great state of Wisconsin, He's over there with the game in Milwaukee doing the show 9 to noon. I'm pretty sure you don't need to know what time that is at, but that is central time in terms of 9 to noon for that show. As he does that with John Kuhn, who was a great Green Bay Packer, a man that is a fan favorite over there in the great state of Wisconsin. And a fan favorite on the show is Brian, who you're able to follow on Twitter at Brian underscore Butch. So his first and last name, and Brian Great to have you aboard. Thank you. No, it's great to be aboard. Always good to talk college basketball. I know sometimes this time of year it gets lost in the weeds. If it does, shame on you. You're missing great college basketball right now. Absolutely. It is great college basketball. And I've been very pleasantly surprised by what I've seen in the Big Ten. Right now, Minnesota's not looking so great. I think that that's a fair comment to make. But I mean, really past that, all these teams have been able to do a solid job. We've seen Nebraska be able to rise up. They've actually been able to do a relatively solid job. Iowa, been a little bit up and down without Chris Murray, but you know what? They've had some nice wins on their resume as well. Maryland's been one of the better surprises in all of college basketball. Purdue's undefeated. Here we go down the list. 
I'm not sure what your takeaways from the early part of the season has been on the Big Ten, but so far I give them a thumbs up. I do too, and this is my thing with the Big Ten. There's a lot of people out there, national people, that say, well, I'm not going to believe the Big Ten because they don't play well in the NCAA tournament. Like, that's just wrong. Just because they don't perform in the NCAA tournament doesn't mean that they're not a good conference. You see that every single year. Yes, the Big Ten is older, but then you look at Purdue – They've got Zach Eady, but then they're led by you know two freshman guards. So the, the argument of the Big Ten has older players, that's why they get quality wins this time of year, and they're not that good. I can't be about that. I think the way they performed in March, yeah, they've underperformed. Absolutely, no question about it. But I think when you look at the league overall, you see what they've done every single year. And then when you look at what they do in conference play, they beat up on each other a lot. And I think the physicality of the Big Ten is different than most leagues. Obviously, how that game is called affects it. So there's a lot of reasons why they haven't had success in the NCAA tournament. I said that argument from some of the other national media guys, I can't be about that. I agree with you. And what I think is unique about the Big Ten this year is typically you've got a couple slugs in there. There's a couple nights in which you don't want to be necessarily sleepwalking. But you know what? If you don't have your A-plus game, typically you're going to be able to scrape by. Like I said, other than really Minnesota right now, I can't think of too many. Northwestern's a little bit of an up-and-down team, but... We saw them already pick off Michigan State a little bit earlier this year. I really like what I'm seeing out of Penn State. I mentioned Nebraska. They are having one of the better turnarounds at all of college basketball this year. Michigan with Hunter Dickinson, you know that they're going to be there. Illinois is a solid program. Purdue is right now proven to be the top team thus far, but that could change very, very rapidly. Ohio State, you're able to go down the list. I think the depth in terms of Big Ten typically is relatively solid. I feel like it's even better this year than in the past, though. Yeah, no one saw Maryland doing what they were going to do. Nobody saw Penn State. Nobody saw Nebraska do what they were going to do. And Northwestern, we'll wait and see, right? They beat Michigan State. But in those three teams prior to that, nobody saw that coming from the, those those three teams. So I think that only makes it that much harder. When you look at you know Rutgers, a team that's going to defend, you know what they're about. They're going to be in conversations for the NCAA tournament. I think Iowa will be fine when Chris Murray gets healthy. Again, the way they play, it's just different. Michigan, I'm really intrigued by Michigan. You look at the injury to Jalen Llewellyn, and then you add in a freshman point guard, a small freshman point guard with Doug McDaniel, who wants to play faster. Michigan's not a team that necessarily plays faster, but I think Doug McDaniel and Jed Howard together have played together so much. I think Jed Howard's better in transition anyways, and that's saying a lot because he's really good in the half court, but then all of a sudden you get some easier baskets, you're getting an extra eight points a game, and then you go and you play through a guy, Hunter Dickinson. I'm really intrigued to see what Michigan does because it was an up-and-down non-conference for Michigan. I'm really intrigued there to see what they do. In Illinois, I think they'll be just fine. The other one is Indiana. Indiana, what do they do? Are they a team that you know is the best team in the Big Ten, or do they go and play the way they played at Rutgers? I don't know if Indiana knows who they are yet. They want to get out in transition. They want to score the ball. They're one of the best in the country when they're able to do that. Hey, guess what? Coaches in the Big Ten are pretty good. They're not going to let them get out and transition. Bottom line is, are they going to be able to score in the half court in Big Ten play? I don't know if I have that answer. I think that that is a very good question to have. Indiana certainly of fascination in the conference as joining me on the podcast. We do have Brian Butch. He does a great job over there with Fox Sports along with the Big Ten Network and 
Brian, when it comes to the Big Ten, I would say that Purdue currently the number one best team. They're the highest rated team in the polls. And I recognize that they had that scare against Nebraska, but I take a look at Zach Eady and company, and I love what I'm seeing there. But what I do think is intriguing is sort of the top five in the Big Ten right now because, I mean, it's some order. You have to have Indiana in there, in my opinion. Michigan, you might or might not have them. I mean, Wisconsin, what they're going to be able to do moving forward. They've got a game against Lehigh that we're going to dive into in a minute, but there are just so many teams. Iowa, you mentioned when Chris Murray gets fully healthy, you're going to go down the list. This top five of the Big Ten, it feels like it goes so many different ways. Michigan State has proven to be playing very, very tough out of conference as well. That top five of the Big Ten is going to be just a war for all these teams trying to be able to crack it because I think that it could go to, like, 10 different teams at this point. I think you've got Purdue, Indiana, Illinois, Wisconsin, and then it's, you know, do you throw Maryland, Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State, all these teams in there. It's going to be really interesting, and it's it's what makes league so great. And we mentioned it with Wisconsin. They are going to be playing against Lehigh, and from my side of things right now, we're seeing Wisconsin as a 23-point favorite would be a massive shocker if they do anything other than win convincingly. But give me your breakdown of this game because with Wisconsin – Really love what I've seen out of Tyler Wall, but what has really been intriguing this year and something that has been unexpected, Connor Asigian. He didn't necessarily box out against Kansas, but past that, he's been doing everything else really, really well for this team because we were wondering who was going to be sort of that Robin to help out Chucky Hepburn in the backcourt. He has been able to emerge as that. And for Lehigh, they're a team that they push the tempo a little bit more. Lehigh has been a team that in the past has shot it really well from three, but they could be relatively inconsistent. So very fascinating to see what we're going to be getting on Thursday between these two. Yeah, you look at this game, I think Connor Siegen and what he's done, you know, kind of came out during that battle for Atlantis, led the team in scoring with 42 points. When you look at what he's done, he's just five um, Badger freshmen over the last 20 years to average 10 plus points through 10 games. That's a pretty good stat right there when you look at, at what he's done. So he's added shooting this team last year, even though they won the Big Ten, lacked shooting the basketball from three. That's been a big part of his addition. They won the Big Ten. They only shot it at 30%. This year, they're already shooting it at 36%. So that's a big, big jump when you look at this Badger basketball team. Here's a guy, though, that I'd like to talk about a little bit more. I think Chucky Hepburn, he's playing better. Max Klesman's been really good. Tyler Wall, we know. But I think if Wisconsin is going to win a Big Ten championship, it's going to be based on Stephen Kroll again. He leads the team with seven assists per game. Um, He's a guy that is able to find others, and he's getting better on the post. So now teams need to figure out, do we double the post and let shooters open? They already doubled Tyler Wall because Tyler Wall is one of the best low post players in the Big Ten. If the Badgers have two low post players in the Big Ten that they've got to double, watch out. Because Wisconsin is one of the better cutting teams. They understand exactly the way the way they should play off of the ball when the ball's in the post. It's one of those things they drill all the time. So that, to me, is a guy that with his development, I think Wisconsin will be in play for a Big Ten championship because of that. You talk about the bigs, Trace Jackson Davis, Zachy. Like, somebody's going to have to stop those guys. Stephen Kroll has to be that guy. He can pull them out from the paint. So there's a lot of different ways that he can do to kind of give different matchups to the other bigs in the league. I think that that's such a good point that you bring up with Crawl as well because he does a nice job down low and he's able to provide a little bit more rebounding along with Tyler Wall. And if the Badgers are able to control the glass because we know that this team is going to be very smart with it, they're going to run the shot clock, they aren't going to create stupid mistakes and turn the ball over. 
that is absolutely massive for them just being able to take control of a game. So I think that that's such a good point and really something to highlight as joining me on the podcast, we do have Brian Butch and We've already talked about one major team in the state of Wisconsin. As we know, there's UW-Green Bay along with UW-Milwaukee. And boy, UW-Green Bay has fallen on some tough times. But with that said, a team that has not fallen on such tough times, I want to get your thoughts on Marquette. Because with Marquette, I'll be honest with you, I didn't know what to expect because they really didn't hit the transfer portal. I felt, man, they could maybe use a piece or two. But the guys that Shaka Smart was really relying upon to make that year one to year two jump They've been able to do so. One of the most impressive halves of basketball I've seen from any team this year is when they went up against Baylor, forced Baylor into 16 turnovers, completely boat raced them in that game. And for Marquette, I think that they've been one of the more pleasant surprises in all of college basketball. I certainly wouldn't put them number one, even in their own conference, because UConn has been so dominant. But I take a look at this Marquette team, and they've been a very pleasant surprise and a team I think can make some noise on the national landscape. There's no question about it. When you play this way that Shaka wants to play, you make other teams very uncomfortable. In life, we want space. They take away space. In life, you want time. They take away time, right? In life, you want comfort. They take away comfort. Like, all those things, they take away. And I think what they've done is they've gotten guys to buy in. I was a little surprised they didn't get anybody in the transfer portal. I actually had their first game against Radford. I asked Shaka about that, and Shaka said, you know, Justin Lewis declaring so late really put – put us behind the eight ball in that situation. Now, we were fine. We felt comfortable, but we would have probably liked to try to go get somebody. However, it didn't work out, and we like what we have. Well, yeah, Osei Godaro has done a great job as being that big that's been able to kind of stretch the floor, a lot of DHOs with him, get different guys involved, Cam Jones. Like, they're so young, and I think that's the exciting part about Marquette. Shock has done a great job of getting them to buy in the way that he wants to play. And then because of that, now it's opened up so many different opportunities. And like you said, that Baylor game I think is really good. But then you look at, to me, the most impressive game was Notre Dame. That's on the road against an ACC team, and they Big East them. Mike Brave and said, that is a Big East team. And I mean that in a good way. They were physical. They pushed us around. We don't get that a whole lot in the ACC. They're playing the way that they need to play to win games, and they understand who they are. And when teams do that, watch out. You know what else was very impressive about that game against Notre Dame? Three turnovers in the game from Marquette. Three. I mean, I recognize that Notre Dame is not a team that's going to be going out there and generating like 20 turnovers in a game or anything like that. But still, that really speaks to the way that Tyler Kulik is able to control that offense. And it's going to bring up a really intriguing game for Marquette on Friday as well, because they're going to be going up against Creighton. And I think that that's a fascinating matchup. And assuming that Creighton is going to be without Ryan Kalkbrenner again, because actually we just had Creighton out here in lovely Las Vegas. He didn't play in either game. Creighton drops one to BYU. Creighton drops another one to Arizona State. That's going to be a big leg up for Marquette to be able to catch a Creighton team that is either going to have Kalkbrenner out there, but unlikely at 100%, or perhaps without him altogether. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a big part of what you're talking about right now is Marquette. What was the one area of concern for Marquette? It's the five spot. They don't really have any depth. Well, you miss Cult Runner, what he's able to do. Now, all of a sudden, it kind of fits what you want to play and how you want to play and you know with guard play. So you talk about kind of having an advantage there. Creighton absolutely needs Cult Runner to be that Final Four team that everyone was talking about at the beginning of the year. But for Creighton, or for, excuse me, Marquette, it's a huge advantage right now. Now are they able to be able to find a way to win the game, right? Like that's 
that's one of those things where game plan wise, you've got your guards. Can you kind of try to get them out of their comfort level? And Creighton's a team that has to try to find themselves right now. They're struggling a little bit. How do they find themselves? It's going to be a great game Friday night. The entire great state of Wisconsin being traded to some nice sports right now, really. Outside of football, it's been a little bit rough for the Green Bay Packers. I have not found too many opportunities to be able to back them out here in lovely Las Vegas. But with that said, as you know, the Milwaukee Bucks, they've been able to do a solid job this year. It's been a great year for the Wisconsin Badgers thus far. It's been a surprisingly nice year for the Marquette Golden Eagles. And hey, the UW-Milwaukee Panthers, they look to be on the uptick as well with Bart Lundy coming in from Queens NC being able to build that program up. And I know you talk about it all over there at the game in the great city of Milwaukee. And on top of that, I know you're doing great college basketball coverage for Fox Sports and the Big Ten Network. So let the good people at home know what's all on tap for you and how people can follow along on social media and other platforms. And if I'm not mistaken, people can cut you on the call of that Lehigh-Wisconsin game. Yeah, I'll be on the call on Big Ten Network at Wisconsin-Lehigh. And then we've also got me and Jeff Lovering have Wisconsin grambling um, as well on the uh, 23rd of Wisconsin. So a little double dip if you're a Wisconsin fan. We'll have those couple of games. I've got a couple of Big Ten games. I've got another Marquette game. Got a DePaul and Providence game on January 1st. Excited to see Providence up close and personal to see kind of how they're kind of readjusting with some things. Hopkins, what he can do as well. I, I think overall, my biggest thing with this is I'm excited to be a part of the college basketball yet again. Absolutely love it. We talk it all the time. Lundy's doing a great job at Milwaukee. Can, I, can he rebuild that? That's fun story as well. A one-bid league, so you only really hear a lot about them in March. But are they going to be able to put that together? It'll be fun to watch. But but love what we do. Love being able to do it. Do it on iHeartRadio, 97.3 Game in Milwaukee. You can follow me on Twitter at Brian underscore Butch. Again, you can catch me on the Big Ten Network or FS1 Fox Sports throughout the season. Looking forward to kind of continuing to, to break down games and teach the game a little bit. And that is actually a really sneaky good game that is going to be coming up on the 23rd as well. That Grambling Punch, they've already got a win on the road against Vanderbilt. They were able to get a nice win against Colorado. And then Colorado, right after they lost to Grambling, actually knocked off Tennessee in the great state of Tennessee. So Grambling has actually been a little bit battle-tested. So that is going to be an interesting one for Wisconsin and a man that bleeds Wisconsin red and white, and a man that does a great job following the great game of college basketball, that'd be Brian Butch. It is always great to get him on the podcast. A big thanks to him for joining me on Coast to Coast Hoops, now part of the Beeson Family Podcast. Coming up next, it is that time of the podcast to give you picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this College Basketball Thursday as we hit some bank checks. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other. As Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infinity QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. 
Does sleeping hot keep you up at night? Meet the Lisa Chill Collection. These cooling mattresses work like magic with a cool-to-the-touch cover, zoned springs, and comfy foam layers. Say goodbye to restless nights and wake up refreshed. Lisa's Chill Mattresses beat the heat with ultra-cool covers that whisk away heat, so you always sleep just right. These hybrids blend up to 1,032 breathable springs and plush foams for the ultimate cooling and comfort. And the Chill Collection doesn't just feel great, it looks great, too with thoughtful design and pillowy quilt tops. No matter your budget, Lisa has a chill mattress for you. For a limited time, save up to $460 on chill mattresses and get two free pillows. iHeart listeners can save an extra $50 off by visiting lisa.com forward slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com forward slash iHeart. With Lisa, your purchase has purpose. Every year, Lisa donates thousands of mattresses to those in need. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does sleeping hot keep you up at night? Meet the Lisa Chill Collection. These cooling mattresses work like magic with a cool-to-the-touch cover, zoned springs, and comfy foam layers. Say goodbye to restless nights and wake up refreshed. Lisa's Chill Mattresses beat the heat with ultra-cool covers that whisk away heat, so you always sleep just right. These hybrids blend up to 1,032 breathable springs and plush foams for the ultimate cooling and comfort. And the Chill Collection doesn't just feel great, it looks great too. With thoughtful design and pillowy quilt tops. No matter your budget, Lisa has a Chill Mattress for you. For a limited time, save up to $460 on Chill Mattresses and get two free pillows iHeart listeners can save an extra $50 off by visiting lisa.com forward slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com forward slash iHeart. With Lisa, your purchase has purpose. Every year, Lisa donates thousands of mattresses to those in need. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 
2025 QX80 coming this summer. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep experts. <sighs> Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa's Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. I'm over right here, Loki Las Vegas, for Gus Gussie, with myself, Greg Eep Spears. And now, part of the Beeson Family Podcast, it's always a pleasure to get Brian Butch aboard. He does amazing work over there at the Big Ten Network. He also does a nice job over there with the game out in Milwaukee doing the show 9 to noon. As you can imagine, the show airs from 9 to noon, but absolutely tremendous guy. A man that actually grew up very, very close to where I grew up out there in the Appleton, Wisconsin area. It is always a pleasure to get him aboard and also does some work with Fox Sports as well. Big thanks to him for joining me in the last segment. Now it is that time of the podcast. I give you picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this college basketball Thursday as we hit some bank shots. Most financial establishments close at a certain time, but not here. It is time for a side and total on every game on today's betting board bank shots. Do note that as per usual, any changes that are made to these plays will be listed up on my Twitter feed at GNRSQuarty1. Over half the games are on the extra games board, so here's what we've got in terms of the normal games. The Pac-12 game involving Oregon State, really the West Coast games along Chattanooga, Middle Tennessee State. The rest is at the bottom. We're going to keep things nice, clean, and easy. We don't need to go into a super long explanation with this short of card. And without further ado, let's dive in. 861-862 on the betting board. Middle Tennessee plays host to Chattanooga. The Mox are between a 5 to 5.5 point underdog. Your total on this game are between 138 and 140. And with Chattanooga, set them as a 4 point underdog. I'm going to be one to take the points. And the reason why I'm going to be taking Chattanooga is that they've got the best player out there on the floor. That'd be Jake Stevens. Guy is 7 feet tall. He shoots 44.5% from 3 with 21.5 points, 9.5 boards, 3 assists at 2 blocks per game. This guy is absolutely insane. He has one off for 26 plus points in three out of the team's last five games. He has had three plus blocks in each out of the last three games. He has had nine plus rebounds in each out of the last five games. There's nothing that this guy doesn't do. Now, what you like about this Middle Tennessee team is that you've got so many guys that work together as a very good unit. You've got six different guys average between 8.5 and 12.2 points per game. DeAndre Dishman, he's your main guy. 12 points, six boards, steal and a half, and a block per contest. And with Middle Tennessee, not a great three-point shooting team. They shoot 29.5% for three, but what they do a nice job of is they generate about nine steals per game. This is a 
brisk tempo team in Middle Tennessee. They're 160th in terms of total possessions per game. Chattanooga, they're really one of those teams that they're not really super duper fast. They're not really super duper slow either. But when it comes to Middle Tennessee, I love the way that they just hit the glass as really a collective because I was bringing up Dishman, what he's able to do for this team. But Middle Tennessee is a top 45 team in terms of rebound rate, despite the fact that Dishman is the only guy that gives you more than 5.2 rebounds per game. Got a few nice stat sheet stuffers and Cameron Weston. Couple with Tafali Leonard Jr. Both of these guys give you eight and a half points per game. They combine for about ten rebounds, five assists, three steals per game. Weston shoots 31% from three. And he's really your main guy. Elias King is actually the best three-point shooter for this team at 39%, nine points per game. But outside of Stevens, you do have a Chattanooga team that they can be a little bit wobbly out there in the backcourt. You get ten and a half points, four boards out of Demetrius Davis. He's been able to shoot in the mid-30s from three-point range, but has been a little bit inconsistent all season long. Maybe deal with injuries to Dalvin White along with Christian Coruscant. Coruscant now finally back in the fold after he missed quite a bit of time to begin the season after transferring in from Houston Christian. It is a Chattanooga team that they only turn the ball over about 12 times per game. They do shoot 39% from three, but they are also very poor in terms of opponents three-point shooting as well. So I do give Middle Tennessee the edge straight up, but I do think that just because you get so much down low with Jackson Stevens that that is going to hold Chattanooga in this game. And with Middle Tennessee, if you do get in a little bit of a nip and tuck spot and it comes down to free throw shooting, they do shoot only about 63.5% at the free throw line. So willing to take the five plus here with Chattanooga. Did set my total at 137. Once again, a pair of teams that they don't necessarily push it up, but I do think that Middle Tennessee going to do a nice job keeping Chattanooga off the glass. So looking at the under and the points. 863-864 is going to be the DK Nation pick as you've got UC Irvine and they're going to be on the road facing off against Santa Clara. Santa Clara is between a pick-up duel one-point favorite and your total on this game. It is 143.5 and I set UC Irvine as a two-and-a-half point favorite. So the DK Nation write-up going to be on UC Irvine, whether that be money line pick-em, or if this flips to UC Irvine being like a one-point favorite, that's all okay with me with UC Irvine. Just some sort of side with them. It might be money line, it might be pick-em, it might be them getting a point, but with that said, I like UC Irvine to be able to win this game outright. I'm hoping that when money lines come out in the very early AM that I'm able to get this right around like even money, reduce the juice down to minus 110, something like that. But I mean, even if I'm laying a point with them, that is perfectly fine because you've got a UC Irvine team that have actually been playing at a pretty brisk tempo this year. They do rank in the top 75 in terms of possessions per game, but they just pound the tar out of you. This team is absolutely incredible down low. You've got Bent Luken. He's a seven-footer that is able to give you six half boards, contribute seven and a half points per game. He does a nice job of being able to give this team a little bit of flexibility as well because unlike what we've seen out of UC Irvine in the past, you now have a really good three-point shooting for this team led by DJ Turnitup Davis. 16 points per game on 45.5% three-point shooting. And then you've got Dawson Baker has been able to give you 13.5 points per contest. He's more of a 36% three-point shooter. And then Justin Owen, he's another guy that's able to light it up at right around 47% from distance. He's been able to chip in their two and a half assists, nine points per game. And then down low, you got something like a Devin Tills who comes in for UNLV. Five and a half points, five boards. He's been able to shoot 45% from three. Pierre Cockrell is your main facilitator 
four and a half assists, fewer than 2.4 turnovers per game. Overall, Irvine is shooting 41% from three, and they're generating right around seven and a half steals per game against the Santa Clara team that they could be a little bit all over the place, and they're only shooting about 33% from three-point range now. UC Irvine is taking a little bit of a fall off from what they were last season. That would be the number one team in all of college basketball in terms of opponents' three-point shooting percentage, but for Irvine, they're still a top 60 team in all of college basketball in terms of points allowed on a per-possession basis. And if you look at them just in road games, this is a UC Irvine team that they do rank in the top 15 still nationally in terms of points allowed on a per-possession basis. As you do have Braden Posmeski for the Santa Clara team, he's able to give you 19 points, nine boards, three assists, two and a half steals per game, shooting 37% from three-point range for the Santa Clara team that they look to push the tempo as well. They're in the top eight in terms of possessions per game, but they turn the ball over 13 and a half times per game. You've had Keyshawn Justice contribute 12 points, four boards, three assists, good versatility there, but Carlos Marshall Jr., the transfer from Tennessee State, being out that hurts the team. You're able to get about six half rebounds per game out of Parker Braun along Jaden Bediaco. These guys have been solid, and Braun is able to give you some facilitation as well, but I do think that for UC Irvine, just their interchangeable parts and the way that this backcourt has been able to step up makes them the better team in their sortie also. The DK Nation pick, that is going to be on the money line slash a very, very slight favorite underdog spot here for UC Irvine. And when it comes to this total, I did set it at a 141.5. You've got two teams that like to push the tempo, but UC Irvine, one of the most supreme defenses in all of college basketball. So DK Nation pick is going to be on UC Irvine, and I'm taking a look at this total under 865-866. It's the last game on the normal Las Vegas betting board before we hit the extra games, and that'd be Seattle. They're going to be on the road going up against Oregon State. Oregon State is between a pickup to a one-point favorite, and your total on this game is any between 137 and 138.5, and, and with Seattle, I did set them as a three-point favorite, so this is going to be another spot in which I'm going to be taking a look at a Seattle money line with Oregon State. Give credit where credit is due. They have been much more competitive than I thought that they were going to be this year, and a big reason why is their freshman guard in Jordan Pope. 14.5 points, 3.5 assists per game, shooting 35.5% from three-point range, but we got an Oregon team that around them. They just don't have a lot down low. Dimitri Rooney has been able to give you 5.5 rebounds per game. I'd like to see a little bit more there, although I will say for Rooney, he's been able to shoot 44% for three. That's big for a bunch of and shoot about 30.5% from three-point range, but what is really doing in Oregon State right now is the turnovers. A little bit over 14 turnovers per game, and this is not an Oregon State team that it's like they're playing with 100 possessions per game or anything like that. As a matter of fact, Oregon State, 327th in all of college basketball in terms of total possessions per game. So that is a big issue for this team and for Oregon State. Outside the top 200 in terms of points allowed on a per-possession basis, big reason why is although you've got down low, Dexter Acano has been able to give you 11 points, 2.5 assists per game, but also shoots right around 23.5% from three-point range. And for this Oregon State team, they're going to have a tough time matching up with the backcourt duo of Cameron Tyson, Lonth Riley, Grigsby. Both of these guys have been a little bit banged up throughout the season, but Grigsby, he's now back and he's good to go. In his last game against North Dakota, he was able to put in there 13 points, 4 assists. Last season, he was able to register for the team more like 13 points per game, so I think that he's going to return to those averages. And for Cameron Tyson, he has been firing in all cylinders. Man has been able to deliver at least 15 points in every game since he has returned, and overall for the season, 23 and a half points, five boards, shooting 41% from three-point range. The post leaves a little bit of something to be desired, but Brenton Chetfield has been able to give you seven and a half points, six and a half rebounds, and a block along with a steal per game. You're still able to get a few rebounds per game out of Emeka Odeni. 
He's been able to give the team five and a half boards, and as a big man has been able to give a two assists per game. It's a Seattle bunch that they shoot right around 35% from three-part range, and Seattle over the last few seasons has been one of the better mid-major defenses in all of college basketball. They're more around 145th right now in terms of points allowed on a per-possession basis. Much of this has been due to the fact that Grigsby and Cameron Tyson have been a little bit banged up with them good to go. I think that you're good to go with Seattle being able to win this game outright. Glenn Taylor Jr. is able to give you a double-figure amount of points for Oregon State, but I don't think that that's going to be enough in this ordeal. Seattle's looking to play at a little bit more of a brisk pace, but I do think that their defense got hold up against an Oregon State team that just turns the ball over a little bit too much. So my total 135 diving under and will take Seattle as a pick'em slash a money line underdog. Now we hit the extra games. The normal betting board picks are complete, but there are some extra games today, so we go into the bonus. This starts with 306-627. is Presbyterian and the Blue Oaks. Playoffs Elon. Elon's between a five and five and a half point underdog with your total 132 and with Elon I set them as a two-point underdog with Presbyterian I just take a look at the team and I have not been impressed all season long now fair to say it's not like I think that Elon is going to be barreling down the hatches and is going to be providing a great performance either but you do have Sean Halloran he's come in and done a very good job with this Elon team 13 points Five assists per contest, a man that began his career at the non-D1 level, and he has come up and he has looked very solid, being able to generate two steals per game as well. And as a matter of fact, he has been able to average over his last three games right around eight assists per contest. And then take a look at the flip side for Presbyterian, and you really don't have a lot of facilitation with this team. Trevon reddish Roan is able to give you seven and a half points, four boards, two and a half assists as a little bit of a Swiss Army knife guy, but he's made as many three-pointers as myself and Presbyterian just does not have a lot from the outside in general, shooting 28.5% for three, 61.8% at the free throw line. Good news for them is that things have looked a little bit better ever since Winston Hill has come back in the fold as he's currently registering 10.5 points, 4.5 rebounds per game, but even with them back, they have scored 63 points or fewer in now four out of their last five games. Hill has been able to give you a combined 35 points in the last two games to be able to help out as a six foot seven combo player, but I mean, Crosby James is probably your best card right now. 10.5 points per game, shooting 32% from three-point range. Been able to get about five rebounds and 6.5 points per game out of Terrell R. Jr. So, really leaving a lot to be desired. You don't necessarily have a ton down low for Elon as well. Torrance Watson, when he's been out there, has been able to give you 10 points, five rebounds per game. Has been a little bit banged up. So he's probably going to be out of the fold in this game. I have personally rolled him out just because he's not played in the last two games. And the team has also been hurt by the DeAndre Smart injury as well as he was averaging right around four boards and nine points per game for the team as well. But should be able to get a little bit of something down low from Max McKinnon, who's been able to give you five boards, seven and a half points per game. Has a little bit of stretchability. Able to pop some threes and over the last three games for the team has been able to do a good job, averaging eight rebounds and being able to supply about 15 points per game in that time span as well. Presbyterian just does not do enough to be able to warrant being this sort of a favorite, especially in what is going to be a 9 a.m. Pacific noon Eastern time tip as well. I think both teams are going to be coming out a little bit groggy in this spot, so I did set the line at two. I'm going to be willing to take the points with Elon. Semi-total at 126 as well. Both of these offenses have been quite anemic this year, so going to be taking a look at the total under, and I'm going to be looking at the points. We're at 6629 through 6 Wagner is going to be playing us to Sony Brook. Sony Brook is an underdog between 6.5 and, and 7 points with a total between 131.5 and, and 132 and with Wagner set them as an 8 point favorite. I'm going to be willing to lay it. Sony Brook has looked a lot better ever since Aaron Clark has gotten back in the fold. He was a transfer from Sacred Heart and he's really been able to give this offense a little bit of pop. He's been back now for 3 games. He's registering 10 points, 4 
assists, shooting in the mid-30s from three-point range. And it's big for a team that is turning the ball over 13 and a half times per game, despite the fact that they aren't necessarily an up-tempo team. Now they go up against a Wagner team that, even though Bashir Mason is out of the fold, they're still continuing to play very, very slow and methodically. 262nd in the country in terms of total possessions per game. And it's a pair of teams that they're always looking to play a little bit more defense. Sonny Brook has really not played a lot of it. 318th in the country in terms of points a lot on a per-possession basis. Not like Wagner's lighting the world on fire either, but they're more around 200th. And when it comes to this Sonny Brook team, you don't have a lot down low. Frankie Policelli has been able to give you 11 points, 8.5 boards, and does shoot 38% for three. It's a 6-7, a little bit of a combo player, but other than Tyler Stevenson, more main scorer with 15 points, 5.5 boards, and 37.5% three-point shooting. Don't have anyone else that's really giving you more than four rebounds per game, and I do think that Wagner... Going to be able to do a good job with Brandon Brown, 6'5", a little bit of an undersized combo player. Doing a good job down low. Nine points, eight boards, two assists, two steals. He's just been a statue suffer for this Wagner team. And then you've got Jabril Price-Noel, who has been able to do a good job giving you eight points, three and a half boards, good stretchability while being able to shoot 46.5% from three now. Wagner shoots 59.5% of the free throw line. That could be a little bit of an issue, but I do think that Wagner's defense just good enough in general to be able to hold up in this spot, especially with what you've been able to get out of Jelani Hunt. He's able to give you 11 points, 3 boards, 3.5 assists. Really good on-ball defender and for Sony Brook, they've just been all over the place all season long with their offense. This is a spot which I set Wagner as an 8-point favorite, even with their free throw shooting goals. I'm going to be willing to lay it and I did set my total at 128. I do think that Wagner going to take the air out of the ball and I think that both teams are going to have a tough time putting the biscuit in the basket. So, looking at the under and willing to lay up to 7.5 with Wagner. 306, 631, 306, 632. It is Wisconsin playing also Lehigh. Game that Brian Butch is going to be on the call of with Lehigh being between a 23 and 24 point underdog. Anywhere between 133 and 133 and a half is your total. And I think Wisconsin wins this game. I think they win it comfortably, but I think we've went up a little bit too high in terms of this one. I set Wisconsin as a 20 and a half point favorite. I think Wisconsin is going to be able to win this game very easily. Connor Asigan, who we were talking about a little bit earlier with Ryan, he's been a really nice find in this backcourt. As a true freshman, 10.5 points per game, shooting 46.5% from three. And you've got Chucky Epper and shooting 47% from the outside, 12.5 points, 2.5 assists per game. Wisconsin as a whole, they're shooting 36% from three. I honestly think that they're 36% is a little bit sustainable. Asagan and Epper and shooting north of 46%, that'll probably be coming down a little bit. I like what I'm seeing out of Tyler Wall and Stephen Crawl down low. We were mentioning this with Brian. These two guys combined to be able to give you about 13.5 rebounds per game. And Crawl is actually able to give you 3.5 assists to go along with his 10 points per game. Ball's your main score, 14.5 points per game. Say able to pop some threes, doesn't necessarily do so very efficiently, but we all know with Wisconsin, they're going to do a nice job not beating themselves, sending after turnovers per game, and they are registering about eight turnovers per game as well. But for Lee, I do think that they're going to hold in this game because you've been able to get a lot of production out of Envin Taylor, who's been able to give you 13.5 points, five boards. He's able to shoot 44% from three-point range, and when Lee is really firing all cylinders and they're able to do all that they're doing, it's because they are able to hit from three-point range and this is a Lehigh team that I still remember that I believe it was during the 2018-19 season. Actually, led all of college basketball in terms of three-point shooting percentage. Ever since that, they've been a tad bit all over the place, but they're shooting 36% from distance this year with Tyler Whitney Sydney shooting 47.5% from the outside, and he did that last year as well. 13 points, 2.3 steals, 5 rebounds per game. He's been a nice stat sheet sufferer for this team. You could use a little bit more down low from someone like a JT Tan who's been able to give you 5.5 rebounds per game. Dominic Perlin, he's only been able to give you about two rebounds per game. Would like to see a little bit more there, but even someone like a Keith Higgins Jr. is able to give you two and a half assists, 11 and a half points per game. I think that Lee I 
holds in this game. Lehigh is actually a team that is playing in the top 65 in terms of total possessions per game. Lehigh, I do fear, is going to get trucked on the glass as this is a bunch of right now in terms of your 363 D1 teams, ranks 260th. In terms of rebound rate, Wisconsin, they've been able to do a solid job with their defense. Top 45 in terms of points allowed on a per possession basis. So I do think that Wisconsin is going to get this game on their terms, but I think that Lehigh is just enough threes to be able to hold in this game. And Lehigh, they themselves inside the top 200 in terms of points allowed on a per possession basis. So I won't take the 23 with Lehigh. Set my total at a 131.5. So I'm going to be diving under Animal and to take the points with Lehigh. 3 of 6, 633, 3 of 6, 634. You've got Nichols. They're going to be playing us to Southeast Louisiana. Southeast Louisiana between a 7 to 7.5 point underdog. Totals between 156 and 157.5. And with Southeast Louisiana, I did set them as an underdog of 9 points. With Nichols, this team plays at a top 10 pace in terms of total possessions per game. And what you do know with this Nichols team is that they're going to be able to force turnovers. Nichols just all throughout the coaching tenure that we're seeing right now, they've done a great job of this, and they're generating 11.3 steals per game with each other top five scores generating at least 1.1 steals per game and five of them giving you at least 1.4 steals per contest. Micah Thomas, who comes in from Indiana State, he's shooting 40% for three, 12 points, four assists, 1.4 steals per game. I absolutely love what he's been able to show for this team. Down low, your main guy has been Manny Littles, who's been able to give you eight and a half rebounds per game. He does a nice job clogging things up down low. Now, if you do have a fear with Nichols, it is the fact that they do turn the ball over right around 15 times per game, but Nichols, I know that 67% free throw shooting doesn't sound great, but they were actually in the bottom five in all of college basketball last season. They've taken some strides forward, and then you've got Latrell Jones. He has been Mr. Do-It-All for the team. 16 points, five boards, 1.6 steals per game, shooting 38% from three-point range, 16-plus points in each of the team's last four games. I do think that they're going to force Southeast Louisiana into more turnovers than times that they're going to turn it over themselves, because for Southeast East Louisiana. This team ranks in the bottom 50 nationally in terms of points allowed on a per possession basis. They only turn the ball over 12 and a half times per game, but they really don't have much clear facilitating outside of Boogie Anderson. Boogie Anderson, who comes in from South Dakota, has been solid 12 points, 4 assists per game. He doesn't shoot any three, so he is able to generate about 2 steals per game, and then you do have Rocco Eastman in the backcourt as well. He's been able to shoot about 40% from three, which is very surprising. He's never shot above 27% from distance prior to the season, but he had a little bit of an ailment going into the season. He's missed a few games. He's only been able to give the team a combined 12 points and 9 assists in the last two games, which a 9 assists is good until you realize that he also had 8 turnovers along that time as well. And for Southeast Louisiana, they've got one guy that's able to give you more than 4.7 rebounds per game. Marjorie McFarland, who's been able to do a solid job. 7.5 points, 7.5 boards. She's 30% from 3-point range. And he's also got a 48% 3-point shooter. And Madai Pasisas, who comes in from the country of France. So he's been able to give you a little bit there. But for Southeast Louisiana, you just see them give up points upon points. They get really just overrun in terms of their tempo. They actually gave up 80 points in their last game to Dayton. Now, they were actually able to score quite a bit against Dayton, but that is a very, very disappointing Dayton team, to say the least, and I do expect very much an up-and-down battle. I mentioned the fact that Nichols in the top 10 nationally in terms of total possessions per game, Southeast Louisiana, they rank in the top 100 themselves, so I did set my total at a 153. I think that perhaps we've went a little bit too far in terms of this one, just because I don't know if you're going to get enough overall shooting to be able to push this total over, so I do lean a little bit more towards the under. You're going to get a lot of possessions. I just don't know if you're going to get enough clean looks. So looking at this 157.5-ish under end with Nichols, I'm willing to lay up to 8.5 with them. 306, 
6-6-36. Louisiana's on the road facing off against McNeese 8. McNeese 8 between a 12 and 13 point underdog. Totals between 138 and 138.5. With Louisiana, can I set them as an 11 and a half point favorite? I'm going to be willing to take the uh, 12 plus here that I'm seeing with McNeese. McNeese actually coming off of a really nice road win against Northern Iowa. And then got completely destroyed by Iowa State and they got completely destroyed by Tennessee. But you know what? Those are two very understandable throttlings. And I like what I've seen from this McNeese State team in the backcourt with Trey English. English is putting a little bit of English on what he's doing. Shooting 35% from three, 11 points, three assists, 1.8 steals per game. So he's been able to do a really good job on that front now. For Louisiana, they're going to have the hardest to guard guy out there on the court. That would be Jordan Brown, a former McDonald's All-American, averaging 19.5 points, seven boards, stands right around six foot eleven, and he's able to pop some threes. And then you've got Kentrell Garnett, who shot 46% from three last season. He's shooting a sizzling 51.2% this year with 8.5 points per game. Greg Williams Jr., he's been able to give out 13.5 points per game. And it is a team that really knows their role with Louisiana. Like Themis Folks, he's come in, and he has been a rock saw for the team after he spent some time at the non-D1 level. He's been able to give out nearly six assists per contest. Not a great three-point shooter, but overall, Louisiana, they are shooting 40.5% from three. I do expect a little bit of regression there, but by and large, you do have some nice shooters for this team. But for McNeese, I do think that Christian Schulman, he's not going to win the battle against Brown by any stretch of the imagination, but he can be a speed bump. 11 points, 10 boards, a steal per game. He shoots about 37% from three-point range, and we're starting to see better backcourt play out of Jonathan Massey. Massey's been able to give you nine points, three boards, pair of assists, a little bit over a steal per game. Needs to cut down on the turnovers. He has had 18 over the last three games. Part of that just due to the competition that they've been playing as well. And I do expect Harwin Francois to get back to the form that we saw a few seasons ago. 2020-21 season was able to shoot 37% from three, seven and a half points per game. It's down to three and a half points, three and a half boards per game this season. I do think that he's going to be able to find it once again after he was a guy that began his career at Southern Illinois. So a circumstance where I'm going to be willing to take 12 or more here with McNeese. I do think that Louisiana wins this game, but I do question whether or not they're going to be able to keep up this tremendous three-point shooting. And for McNeese, they're starting to show a little bit more life, not just the battle on the glass, but just on defense in general. So this is a situation where I'm going to be willing to take the points. Did semi-total at 141.5. McNeese has been perennially one of the more up-tempo teams in all of college basketball, a team that has cashed quite a few over. So looking at the over, and I'm going to be taking a look at the points when we wrap things up with 306-637-306-638. Colorado is going to be playing us in North Alabama. North Alabama between a 21.5 to a 22-point underdog. Total on scheme is 147. And I did semi-total at 145. Colorado has been playing at a pretty blistering pace thus far this season, but I do think that it is going to be slowed down just a little bit. I think a lot of it has to do with the overall play that they have been going up against, and we've seen it now that they've gone up against more real competition. They have been playing at three possessions per game, lower than their season average, so this is a spot in which I'm willing to go under, especially with North Alabama being a little bit of a Jekyll and Hyde three-point shooting team, because for North Alabama, you've got one guy that's really able to go up in Daniel Ortiz. He's given the team 13.5 points He's shooting 47% from three-point range. He shot a really good clip last season as well. North Alabama, they are shooting as a collective 37% from the outside. I do think that they're going to see a little bit of regression. I recognize the Colorado, not necessarily just some stalwart on defense, but at the same time, Colorado 63rd in the country in terms of points allowed on a per-possession basis. It's very hard to travel up to Boulder as well, even if you have a few 
students on Christmas break. It is still a case in which you have all that travel to deal with, things like that. But I do think that North Alabama can cover north of 21 here. K.J. Johnson is someone that comes in from Lipscomb. to be able to give the team 10 points, three assists, shooting in the high 30s from three-part range. You've got a little bit down low in Damian Forrest as well. Forrest has been able to give you six-half boards. Not necessarily going to do a great job as an eraser down low, but it's not like this Colorado team has been doing some sort of a supreme job of getting a whole bunch of blocks themselves. They really do a lot of rebounding by committee. You've got one guy that's able to give you more than five rebounds per game, and that would be Giovanni Holiday. He's been able to give you 10.5 points, 7.5 boards, ships in there a little bit over a seal per game as well. So he's been doing a good job for this team, and he should be good to go in this one. You do have KJ Simpson, who's been Mr. Do-It-All for this Colorado team. 17 points, 5 boards, 3 assists, seal and half per game, shooting 37% for 3-point range. But Colorado, they shoot 64.5% the free throw line, right around 33% from 3-point range themselves. Colorado, I do think, is good to be able to win the battle on the glass. If you take a look at them as a whole, they are in the top 45 nationally in terms of rebound rate. So despite the fact that you don't necessarily have that one supreme rebounder, you've got a lot of guys that they just sort of chip in what they can. Someone like a Nikkei Clifford is able to give you six and a half points, four rebounds per game. But that free throw shooting, coupled with the fact that Colorado has turned the ball over 14 and a half times per game, that is a little bit of an issue with me trying to lay this big of a number with Colorado. We've seen Colorado be a very streaky team all season long. I think Colorado wins this game and does it convincingly, but going make my number 21, now that we've got the hook on 21 and we're seeing some 22s, want to take the points with North Alabama. I think that this could be a little bit of a sloppier game as well, so semi total at 145 diving under as well, and that will wrap things up. For the Thursday edition of Coast to Coast Hoops, now part of the Beeson Family Podcast, a big thanks to Brian Butch of Big Ten Network for joining me in the last segment. If you do like hearing from this fine podcast, Coast to Coast Hoops, you're able to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. If you've got a question, comment, segment idea, what have you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways we offer those in. First one is my Twitter timeline at Jaden underscore one. Keep in mind, letters M. They mean does not matter. So as per usual, please do send these into the timeline. The other way is find an Apple Podcast review. If you're at this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. From there, you're able to fire on whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast by that five star review. I'm coming at you guys every single day throughout the college basketball season on this podcast. That means I'll be coming at you guys once again tomorrow. Thank you so much for tuning in. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste, the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. 